Hey y'all, welcome back. My name is Apollo Mighty, and right now I am right here. Right now I'm right here. It's been a long time coming, a lot of dope running, hustling, trying to dodge the cases. What it do? Yo, got it. I had to put some theme music on for my guest today, y'all, because we've been trying to get this shit on the books. <laughs> no, it's not you. It's 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 the world at large. So I totally understand. But today, y'all, I have my beautiful friend Adrian Ray, who is an actress. Um, she used to be a gangster. She used to. I'm sorry. She still is a gangster. My bad. She's throwing up gang signs. <laughs> How you doing, babe? I am amazing, and thank you so very much for having me, and I'm glad we're doing this. I'm so glad we're doing this. Such a such a light in my life. Um, Adrian and I met while she was filming Chicago Fire here in Chicago, where I live. Don't nobody come try to find me, because you won't. Well, you know where they live is. <laughs> Please stop. Please stop. Um, but she is now back in LA and I miss her dearly. So yeah, I'm just glad that our relationship still gets to thrive, even though you're on the other side of the country. Yeah. But I'll see you this summer though, right? Yes. Cool. Distance doesn't affect real. It don't do it. It don't do it. Mm. Cause, um, I got friends who I don't talk to very often, but when I do talk to them, we link up. It's a it's a two hour session for real, for real. It's a celebration every time we link up. Oh, you know we have to talk about the last time I saw you in person and you rapping. What song was that? Wait. Dreams and nightmares. Oh yes. Oh my god. Yes. Y'all. You're not a Philly girl, so you don't get it. You I'm don't not. get it. I'm not. I pray for times like this to run. <laughs> <laughs> if you are from Philly, the Philly area, that song, it just resonates with your spirit. Well, no, because I saw this thing, a TikTok the other day, and somebody was like, it don't matter who you are, what walk of life you from, if you put on this song, everybody gonna sing. And then they, they were talking about some dreams and nightmares. And I was like, Yes. From my head. Yes. Little nigga, but I'm lying hearted. Young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess this is just as good a time as any uh, to start the show off. I'm sorry. Welcome to the show. I'm such a bad host. We're still learning. But. Well, not a bad host. I'm still learning to be yeah. the, the kind of host that I want to be. Um, and the first part of the show, we have what we call the right now, right here. It's just like a little check-in. So how are you right now, right here? I am good. I am recovering. Okay. I had a little, had a little dramatic weekend, but um, it's a, I'm in a stage in my life of transition. And I've been in this stage since about January. And it's finally towards that end. And it's kind of where every day I'm like, I'm out of it. And then I'll be like, oh, I still got that to do in the corner. Okay. Um, but I'm good and I'm happy overall. And I'm growing. And yeah, that's where I'm at. 
I'm growing. I'm not a masterpiece. I'm a masterpiece, even though I'm not finished. Growing. For sure, for sure. And most masterpieces, like, and most works of art aren't done. People just stop working on them at some point. And so I feel like as long as we're alive, we should be working on our masterpiece, working on our lives. How are you, so you're saying you're in transition. What are some of the emotions that come up in this transition for you? Um, emotions like fear, mm. anxiety, mm. worry, um, happiness, relief, lots of relief, um, self-reflection and trying to make sure that I'm being self-aware. That's mainly the emotions that were on the heavier side. Of course, I've had moments of light, moments of happiness, and you know, I live in, I try to live in those spaces. But um, with the variety of emotions, it's those plus the heavier ones. So I know that you were in kind of a transition because obviously you left here, you went home. Um, talk about how that transition has a lot to do with stepping out in faith. I feel like for you and talk about like what that looks like in real time because and I said and I asked you this particularly because I know a lot of people talk about having faith in themselves having faith in their craft having faith in their life but what that looks like in practice and what that looks like say on an Instagram profile can be two different things Mm -hmm. So talk about how they like actually translate over into your actual day-to-day life. Um, so my transition was really transitioning out of Chicago, transitioning out of Chicago fire, um, because I've really grown attached to the city, my castmates, and the routine that comes with testing five days a week and being around these people all the time. Um, so... The thing is, when certain things are happening to you and when you feel as though you're not living in your best self and there are certain things that are not allowing that, it's, it's hard to say, you know what? Even though this is, this is every, people would die for this opportunity, it might not be perfect for me because right. of what's going on. And the, it, it was terrifyingly scary to because to be completely honest Chicago Fire was one of the biggest deals I've ever had in my life right. in regards to finances and to be like this doesn't work for me like most people would be like oh I gotta make it work because you know the money but I really felt like my mental health my mental uh, stability uh, respect uh, the platform as a black woman, I, there were just several things that I felt was more important than just the money. So I stepped out on faith, <laughs> thinking, okay, I am, I am backed by God. I am backed by my angels. I am, I am being led this way for a reason. I feel this way. My intuition is telling me this for a reason and I'm gonna listen to it. And I'm gonna step out on faith. <laughs> And you know when you when you transition and you leave a show, you don't. I, first of all, it's very hard to kind of like have a show right lined up because contractually, people don't really let you audition while you're still under contract for somebody else or something like that. So I was literally like leaving something 
and not having a next job lined up and not having certain, you know what I mean? Like I didn't know when my next job was going to come. Um, so I had to step out on faith and it was terrifying, <laughs> but, um, just had, knowing that everything is always working for my greater good, our greater good, and that my intuition is God speaking to me. And that's really what I need to tune into and hone into and listen to and not listen to just the world or society or what, you know, a majority of people might say, I have to listen to my inner God. And by doing that, I feel like I made the right decision because I lied to you not. The last day of work, I'm shooting a scene. I'm with Jesse and Kara, I'm with everybody in the scene, I get a call. It's my agent. She's like, you booked it. And I was like, can I call you back? <laughs> but I booked uh, my next project on my last day of work mm. on Chicago Fire. And I had been manifesting. I was like, I'm going to book something before I leave. I'm going to book something before I leave. Um, living in that, believing in that. And I did. And then after I booked that, I booked something else. And I honestly haven't stopped working since. Now, it might not be a series regular yet, <clears throat> but that is coming and I know it's coming because I'm, I'm being led. And I know that everything's working for my greater good and my greater good has that in it. So I think that speaks to me actually walking on faith and how when we do do that, it's rewarded with everything that, all the abundance that you maybe didn't think that you could have, but it's very possible. What goes into your process of deciding how to move, and how to step out on faith? Like, what does that look like, your thought process and then the actual process? Um, I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> I was talking about this recently. I am very meticulous and detail-oriented with, I, I can plan the book out of something, right? Like, most things I do, I've already planned out. Like, I will put, um, a water bottle at a certain place because I know my habit is to walk this way and then I'll look for this. And then when I look for that, I'll look at that and then I'll remember to pick that up. So that's why I put things, I do things like that around my house, meticulous. But when it comes to like, I don't know what it is when it comes to like acting or like just listening to my intuition and my inner God, I don't be, I don't plan it. Mm. I don't think I should though. Right. I honestly be like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And then I just go about doing it and somehow it all works out. Somehow I'm just like, I think I go this way. And I think right. I should take these three steps. And then I don't know, I end up and I'm like, wow, it's a great view. And I always wanted to come here. And then I'm at a place that I never knew what was gonna be at, but I always wanted to be at. Right. So I never, I really move based on my feeling, not feelings, but my feeling, my, my inner God. And I, I just, really honor that I don't really go into like planning I should do this for three months then this and this same thing with me moving to LA I never was like I need to save up this amount of money and I need to only move in seven months after I'm able to do that and pay this off I was like no I'm fucking move put on my two weeks I'm moving uh, I'm gonna find my job and then somehow somehow check this bro somehow I was at a hospital. I'm just Googling shit. I don't even know the hospitals in LA. I was like, oh, this one keeps popping up. Cedar, Sinai. Okay. One of the best, it's like Cedar, Sinai, UCLA, USC. Like one of the best hospitals in LA. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll just call them up. I got a job. I got a job before I left Atlanta. 
and I had no idea. I just was just feeling and moved based on the feeling. You know, I think that's interesting because I've done that in a couple jobs that I've had and I'm like, you know what, this is not working for me. Or I'm, I'm getting to that point of being like, I, something something needs to change, something needs to shift. And then I'll I'll see an ad or I'll see something come up on my social media or, or something like that. And the next thing I know is like, okay, it's, it must be time to go. And I, and I mean, the way my faith looks for me is I just, I leave enough I leave enough room and enough material there for God to build a bridge. If that's what he wants, you know? And I never try to guess where it's going to come from because I made the mistake of thinking that like, oh, it has to come this way. Otherwise, it's not from God. So let me let me just like ice out everything where, but I've learned that God is huge. Yes. And we have to allow God to say what we're gonna, how it's gonna look and how it's gonna feel and, and have a level like of acceptance. Have you had to um, struggle any bit with having acceptance for things that wasn't for you that you thought were? Yes. Can we pause right quick? My iPad, my laptop's dying. Go for sure. <laughs> Oops. Received. Yes. Um, talk to me about having faith in the transition and having acceptance when something doesn't work the way that you thought it was going to. I think that um, meditation and affirmations really helped me a lot. And um, Deepak says you have to surrender to life and surrender to the X factor. You have to surrender to the things that you do not know and also the things that you do not know that you do not know. Um, so that is really helpful and something that I say to myself when I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work out. <laughs> but um, it helps me to, like I said, to know that everything's working for our greater good. It really helps me to have peace with in the midst of chaos because I'm like, well, I'm sure something is at work that I don't know about. And I'm sure that I am covered and it's all gonna work out. So I just need to relax. I think we get very caught up on trying to control things and especially in the midst of transition um, or chaos because everything just seems so out of control for us and change is so scary. And a lot of times the way that we handle fear is with control. Um, so I think that the, the opposite of that is really where we, should, that, where we should be in that sweet spot of not trying to control things, but releasing. And, you know, if you think about it, when we are grasping onto things, right? Don't, I don't want to change. No, we're grasping onto something. But my, look at my hands. They're, they're closed. But if I release it and open myself up, I can receive blessings. I can receive abundance. I can receive everything that I've been trying to manifest. So I try to stay in that place of openness, surrendering, because I know it's all going to work out in the, for the good of me and, and others. Give me your take on um, ambition in the realm of manifesting. Because I think 
a lot of times what gets in the way of ambitious people and manifestation it's because we want to feel like we have the power oh i made this happen and i think to an extent yes of course that's true like you have a, like you're given a vision you're given a dream for a reason so work towards it but if something doesn't look the way that we uh we want it to look or it doesn't come out the way that we thought it would it kind of diminishes it can, it can diminish the pleasure that you have in it just a bit um so how do you stay ambitious and still be willing to release expectations? I think that is very hard. And I think it comes when I'm in a place where I can separate, um, like when I, when I want things or when I'm manifesting things, I do it because I'm like, I really love it. I, I love this. I want this, you know, I'm attached to it. Um, but I think that once I check myself and my ego, I can figure out why I genuinely want things. And therefore I can love from a place of non-attachment. If that makes any sense. Therefore allowing me to not get caught up in it and allowing me to release it and hope that it's meant for me that comes back. But, but what I'm like, an example of that would be, um, I used to, I used to manifest like certain roles. Right. And I used to be like, even if the role, maybe it doesn't really make sense for me, but I just want, it. I just want it really bad. And I'm like, I'm gonna manifest it. And then I manifest and I manifest and I try, try, try. And it doesn't work out. And I'm like, what the fuck? I manifested. What's supposed to happen? Right. And then a mentor, Carl Craig, told me, well, you did it wrong. That wasn't supposed to be what you were supposed to be asking for. He's like, you need to ask for guidance. You need to ask for understanding. And you needed to ask that every blessing meant for you find you. You don't That's know the power for sure. You don't know what the blessings are because you don't know what you don't know. Once again, sure. so you I have and I be with I. Exactly. Mm, that's a new That's a new mantra that I've learned uh, by one of like this guy who I follow. His I follow him on every platform. I follow his Twitter, his Instagram, his YouTube, and his TikTok. And he always says, "I and I be with I," so that's like God of my understanding. Give me understanding. God of my life. Lead my life. And. And show me where, like, show me where I'm supposed to go, so that when I get there, I know that it was you who brought me here. I think that's one of the scariest things about being human. And the more you we grow and start to realize just how overwhelming life can be if you don't have something to tether you to other people, or if you don't have something to tether you to the ground. Mm -hmm. My faith is the thing that allows me both things it allows me gratitude to be where i'm at and it gives me vision to see where i want to go and the tenacity to see something through yes so the projects that i'm working on right now i have no idea <laughs> i mean i'm i'm afraid i am i have things that i really want to do i feel i have things that i feel like i'm called to do and then i have the middle section of life where life hits you and it's like oh well, how do you know 
it, it, I mean, like those moments, I feel like those moments, those lulling moments right there in the middle come along to really make you say, am I sure to really solidify that why? Yeah. And it's in these moments and it's in conversations like that where first I'm able to acknowledge my growth because for so long, any piece of opposition that came up in my life would have me reverting back to my old way of thinking, my old way of doing because I had to solely rely on myself. I couldn't rely on other people for fear of abandonment. I couldn't rely on myself because of course I'm afraid I'm gonna let myself down. So I have to just keep doing what's working. And I'm wondering why my life isn't changing and why I'm not getting the things that I want and why I'm not having the life that I think I should have is because I've already told the universe, I've already told God, no. I've already determined before God can even speak that it's not going to work for me. You know what I mean? So I've just been, I've been realizing that even though I'm in a state of uncertainty, my faith itself is something I can be certain of. Yeah. It's a really weird concept for people who look at mindfulness and faith and like all the woo spirituality stuff they're like no i got a job i'm making this money i'm paying these bills and that's cool like there's no not to that because cool and also when you feel called to do something else you will you will be called to step out on faith and you're one of the most you're one of the more ambitious people that i know and creatively i see that you have a spark for movement if that makes sense like you're not a very you're not a stagnant person right you live up to your libra you know your libra air energy sign. air sign you know and i just think that's i just think that it's it's really cool like i think that's something that i have taken from our relationship and from our friendship as be more flexible be willing to and be willing to say no Boundaries. Having boundaries. What's your now? What's your experience setting and keeping boundaries like? And I and I'm let me kind of preface it with saying I'm asking because I believe a large part of moving towards a goal is being is knowing what you will and will not. Well, I'm sorry. It's knowing what you what you will not allow to distract you. Yes. So what has your journey been like with setting goals and, and setting boundaries? My journey uh, with setting goals and setting boundaries is that is under the umbrella of self-love. Mm-hmm. So like uh, setting goals and boundaries. Um, setting a goal is like, okay, I want to do this. <clears throat> setting a boundary is like, and I'm not going to allow this and this. Like, I'm going to make sure I'm safe and I'm doing the right things. And this is how I'm going to do it. And this is what works for me. Um, I think in today's society, setting boundaries can be looked at by outside people as being mean, being dismissive, um, not being available. And I think that it's our job to accept that that's their own projections that they're putting on you. For sure. And it is okay to set boundaries. It is okay to make sure that you're good. It is okay to move in a selfish way that's not 
necessarily hurting others. But there is times, especially when it comes to goals and, and reaching them, that you have to be selfish with your dreams, selfish with what you want to accomplish. For right? sure. Because at the end of the day, everybody's trying to accomplish something. And if you're not selfish with your things, they'll use you to accomplish what they want and you will never accomplish what you want. And that's not to say don't help people, but that's to say, make sure you set some boundaries. So, and that's even for, for things as simple as like, if I know I want to start working on a different acting technique and I want to wake up at 6.30 in the morning, a boundary that I'll set is I'm going to put my phone on do not disturb after 11 p.m. So I'm not being disturbed and woken up so I can get up and do that. And it's just like certain things like that. Some people are like, I can't ever reach you. Da, da, da. Well, maybe you don't need to reach me at that time. I need to go to bed. <laughs> or respect my boundary that there are times that you are available to reach me. Right. And yeah, if. Constantly available. I think social media has made people feel as though everybody should have constant availability, like accessibility to everyone. No, I mm. don't know you. And even if I and even if I do know you to the people that I know, it, so my whole thing is like if I've set a boundary, like you said, I'm not answering calls after eleven o'clock. And let's say for whatever reason you don't work, you work every day, you get off at eleven oh five, and that's when you have the time to talk to me is eleven oh five. It doesn't mean I don't love you, but I'm not going to bend on my boundary either necessarily. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe on the weekend. Like if you reach out to me and say, hey, I really want to talk and like whatever, I can make some time. But I've, I've had the opportunity to deal with people who found it, found me harsh because I would not be willing to wait another 15, another 20 minutes to, to have that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and so my interpretation of it was, well, that just means the universe don't want us to talk right now. Because if I got this boundary up here, and you telling me your limitations are over here, all this middle ground right here is where we're not connecting it, and that must be there for a reason. Right. And sometimes I look at that as the way that God is trying to remove people. I'm not necessarily saying that's the case. If you're not able to talk to your mama right now, that doesn't mean God's trying to like, you know. But God definitely will put you in seasons and in places where you have the opportunity and the time to really focus on the God within you. And you can't do that if you're accommodating everybody else's request constantly. Life is so much of life, so much of life is about being in community and serving and giving of yourself and being for the greater good. But it's it needs to be a 50-50 thing. I can't give my whole life to you because then what is my life? But yeah, you also have to have something to give. Exactly. How do you go about filling up your cup? Um, I practice um, source energy siphoning. So I try to alleviate as much human conflict as possible by maintaining my own energy at a high level so that I don't have to try and get it from others through different techniques like intimidation, poor me, just different ways that we as humans have learned through engagement that if I mope around, someone's going to ask me what's wrong and then I can get energy from them that way because they'll pay me attention. Or if I demand attention from somebody, then they'll give it to me. Like I try to just be able to live freely in the moment and be present. And my energy is good because I've meditated and siphoned it from source rather than from another person. Wow. That's how I try to maintain that. 
That's so powerful. I remember the first time I think we hung out, you even brought that concept to me about, yeah, like, don't reach outward to pull a source, reach below and reach up. And I was like, huh. And how many of us are so unhappy today because we are trying to get this person to validate our experience? How many of us are contorting our emotions and contorting our lives to fit into a position where people will give us attention? Because what we, I mean, and I want your, I want your take on this too. I understand that the, it's human nature to want attention and to desire love, but there's a point to where, for me, I noticed, I noticed that it's really unhealthy if I'm getting all the attention in the world and I still feel empty. Yeah. I can, get, I can have 500 likes on Instagram, 20 something friend requests, I can be getting booked for this and booked for that, but if I still don't want to get out of bed, that means that there's still something missing. It's like you're drinking cups of air. For yes, <laughs> great analogy. And if you if you're constantly asking yourself, if you're not aware of what's what's enough for you, you'll I think you can find yourself doing a whole lot of shit just to get the bare minimum. Yeah. And for me, I'm still defining what enough looks like for me like how do you know or what does enough look like in you for you if i'm being and i feel like this answer is too simple i feel like enough is me mm. um, god loves me for just being here um, and if i love on myself then the love and, and love on others, no matter if it's returned instantly, but I, like when I do acts of kindness and acts of love, um, I'm putting like a little coin in the, in the little energy love bank of the universe. Right. And that's gonna come back to me in some way, whether it's from the person that I gave it to or three years down the line or some random like, oh my God, that was so sweet. Right. Um, but I feel like that that's that's where it really comes from is, is just myself. Mm. I think that's the concept of giving without expectation too. Yes. Which is a very selfless thing to know how to do because we live in a time where it's like, if I do this for you, you need to do it for me, period. And I really, I really feel like for that, and it goes back to the thing I was telling you about trying to not have human conflict. When you do that, <clears throat> I have given you some energy and I'm expecting some back in return. Right, mm -hmm. then that person doesn't have anything back in return. They're then drained, and that makes them act out in a way that they try to get more energy from you. For sure. Or you're upset that you didn't get the energy, so then you're acting up, saying, "Give me what you got." Right. And then you have conflict. For sure. But if I was to just say, "Oh, you want this? Here, you can have it," and then like go about my day, I, I'm not missing this, and and I'm sure if I really needed it, God's gonna give it back to me. And that's giving from your surplus and not from the, like, if I give you, if I need all this water for me to be, you know, hydrated, I need this. This is mine. I wouldn't, but give that. I would, I would I wouldn't, I couldn't give that. Right. But I have a picture over there 
that I can I can give out freely. You know what I'm saying? So that's giving from my overflow and not giving from the thing that actually gives me my substance. Right. But everybody has the ability to connect to source and get energy. For sure. So what does connecting to source look like for you when you're stressed? When I'm stressed, uh, I do grounding techniques, go outside, just get my feet in the, in the grass or in the mm. ground, sand, um, meditating. Right. Um, just being in nature really, really helps a lot. I think <clears throat> people don't realize it, but once you go outside and you'll, once you get outside, you're like, wow, I just feel so good. That's because energy is coming from source. Nature mm-hmm. is, mother nature is, is, is part of God and that is source. So then it gives it to you freely flowing freely um so i think that's that's what i do i do a lot of nature stuff grounding work and meditation journaling is also good but journaling is mainly good for releasing things without putting them on other people yeah some things don't even if your friends or family some even if they provide a safe space some people some things don't need to be in a safe space in another Right. I have one more question for you. Yeah. What is something about yourself that you find surprising? Hmm. Um, several things, but I think one of them is that used to surprise me all the time is my ability to manifest. Mm. And also now having conversations like this are very surprising to me as I grew up in a very uh, Christian family. And some of the things that I speak of aren't necessarily terms that I was exposed to when I was younger. And now for me to have gone through the inquisitive, like, oh, what is this energy stuff? To learning about it, to practicing it, and then kind of being ashamed of it and being scared, to now being my full self, the amount of um, self-confidence I've grown within myself and not confidence in the egotistical way, but like just confident, like, oh, this is who I am. Figuring out who I am. I think that is surprising. That's beautiful. And I like it. That's like so beautiful. It. Yeah, right? I think, I really think every person has the capacity. Let me be very careful. I hate, I'm try, I try not to use overgeneralized concepts. I would like to believe that every person has the capacity to like themselves with the right amount of work. I, I, I honestly and wholeheartedly want to believe that no one is past a place of redemption. I mean, to piggy off of that, we all start off with some deep down subconscious things, knowing that we are loved and lovable as babies. Babies don't, I've never met a baby that's like, I can't be loved, like ever. Mm. Maybe does they just know that they're loved? We're born that way. You feel, like this, you feel like this function is like a learned thing. Yeah, it's definitely mm. a learned societal thing that we place on. Like just from the smallest things, we place them on kids at young ages and then it continues on and then puberty hits and it really fucking hits hard. Right. And then you spend, after puberty, you spend like ages 22 to like 20, some, I don't know. I guess mid twenties, 22 to like 25, 26. You spend that time trying to break down all the stuff that society puts on you. Yeah, unlearning shit, reparenting yourself. 
because we live in an in a very imperfect world and people are imperfect and we're taught to harbor resentments instead of letting things go we're taught to take from others instead of getting our source getting our love and our light from something outside of ourselves and and from source like you're saying so all we ever know so we we are raised by people who let's just be honest a lot of people have kids because they just want somebody to love them right and they're trying and it's and i think if a lot of us were honest about that a lot of people wouldn't even be here like just straight up if if we were comfortable in our own skin, that we were if we were taught at an early age how to be comfortable, how to stop, breathe, take a beat, and love yourself, and we didn't go out seeking the validation and love from other people, then the need to make another person for the sake of ego. Not saying that there's not good reasons to have children. I know people who have children. My manager, for instance, she had a beautiful son with her husband, and this and, and their son is happy and made of love, and is made in this place where both people feel like who know themselves and they're growing and they're thriving. And I'm and I'm not saying that if you don't know, it, ugh, I'm getting lost. Um, I'm not saying that you shouldn't want to have children. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that if you're not emotionally and mentally in a space to where you can actually help another person become who they are and not who you want them to be, then I think you really shouldn't do it. I don't know how I got on the subject, but. Well, I also think that to add to that, if you are having a child because you want someone to love you, then you're having a child so that the child can give things to you and yet not, not you give things to it. And that's really it. Like, I think because one of the gifts if you're trying to get love from somebody that's not here yet, for sure. And how much expectation are you already placing on someone to be able to give something to you that they may not have the capacity to give you? Right. I mean, you gave me plants when you left. And yes, the plants do like they give me something in terms of like responsibility and like all that. But they like they're not hugging me. I have to go and give them you water. You should hug them and they'll grow more. I have lots of plants and they're doing so good. I you, be, you be hugging your plants? I do. Sometimes I just hug them and I say, "How you doing today?" Not kissing. Okay. And they're thriving. Do you hear me? My well, money tree? Money! <laughs> well, we're still at the talking phase. Me and the plants. So we're at the talking. I named them peace and love. How can you not talk to them? We talk. We be chilling. I be missing them down. I missed it this month down yesterday. Didn't I miss you? I sure did. I <laughs> the fuck out of your little ass. We have a section here on the show called Words of Wisdom, and it can be advice you would, and I love this section because it's like, you can, it can be advice you would give to your former self, it can be advice you would give to a friend, it can be advice that, you're, uh, that you saw on the internet, it can be mantras that you're using, affirmations, it can be whatever you want it to be. Um, I'm going to let you go first. My advice, I'm going to say what I would, 
I like to speak from my eye perspective because I don't want to give advice to someone I don't know. Um, and I don't know the situation or circumstances, but I would say I would give advice to my younger self and I would tell her that you are a beautiful person. You are a wonderful person. You should love yourself just like you are. That is a mantra I would tell her to say to herself. And I will also tell her to find her voice, know her power, and to hone it in. Mm. I gave so much of my power away for so many years just because I was conditioned to or I wanted validation or I wanted someone to care, someone to love me because I didn't care and love me to the extent that I needed to so I didn't need it from someone else. So. For sure. You know, at this point in your life, you can actually call back all the power that you lent out. There are rituals that you can do that pull the power from situations, from people, from places that you've left over the years and bring it back to you. Yeah. I just feel like a motherfucker hawk in this beach. For sure. On some charmed one shit. On some on some Phoebe Piper and Hallowell shit for sure. I'm doing it. Um I I. I. I'm gonna give my little words of wisdom real quick. Okay. I. I want to see. Tell me why you love That's not it, y'all. That's not my words of wisdom. <laughs> um, this is actually a poem. It's a really quick poem by Renata Williams. And it says, I kept going, not because I wanted to, trust me. All of me wanted to stop. I kept going because I deserved to know what not giving up on myself looked like. And that's from her book, Becoming. And I chose that one today because like I said, I am in a space of transition and my pattern is to return to the life that I had before when the life that I'm building is too scary. And I've done this so many times that I really wanna see what happens. I mean, just out of sheer curiosity, I wanna know what happens when I don't let life tell me who I have to be, when I don't let circumstances tell me who I have to be, when I choose to strive rather than just survive for once. Mm -hmm. So I'm leaning into my blessings, I'm leaning into my power, and I'm so glad to have had this conversation with you because you kind of embody those things. For me, I look at you and I see a woman that knows so much about her own spirit, her own heart, her own mind is not afraid to go deeper into them. And the deeper you go, the more you inspire the people around you without really even trying. And I think that there is such power and more so grace in that, that it inspires people to just want to know themselves more and to learn to like 
let go of what they think it has to look like in order to be successful and to be happy yeah. and to be in love. I see someone who's falling in love with herself and finding new ways to do that. So I appreciate you for coming. I admire you um, and I love you a lot. I love you too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Right now, right here. Right now, right here. You've been listening to Right Now, Right Here with Apollo Mighty. I'd like to thank you, my guests, and my sponsors for making this possible. If you have any questions or suggestions for guests or topics, send an email to Apollo at ApolloMighty.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. I'll see you next week for another episode of Right Now, Right Here. This is the part that I hit the most. I really want to go, but I'm staying right here.